Hey gang, do you find yourself listening to your music on one app and then listening to your podcast on another app? If you do, stop this insane behavior right now and download Spotify. Spotify is home to all of your favorite music and all of your favorite podcasts. Podcasts including Fly on the Wall, the Saturday Night Live podcast with Dana Carvey and David Spade, the Rock on Tours podcast with Gary Kemp and Guy Pratt, old favorites like Fresh Air, My Favorite Murder, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Look, if you're looking for a news podcast or sports or entertainment or true crime, look, if you're if you're looking for a sewing podcast or an RV podcast, Spotify has all of this for you. That's Spotify, all of your favorite music and all of your favorite podcasts in one place. Find it in your app store and start listening today. That's Spotify, music and podcasts. Let's get down. Hey gang, I want to make a quick announcement. Since we started this podcast in 2011, only the last 20 episodes have been available on the streaming services. You had to go back to the Podbean app or to the website, howdidigethere.podbean.com to access past the 20, last 20 episodes. Well, gang, big surprise. As of now, the last 100 episodes are available on all streaming sites. That includes the From the Vault episodes. All of the episodes, the last 100 episodes from this episode back are available now on all streaming services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast. Go there. It, whichever one you're subscribed to, whichever one you use the most, go subscribe to How Did I Get Here. Follow us, rate us, leave us a comment if you can, and, uh, and check out the episodes, man. Get out there and enjoy the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here on your favorite streaming services. Let's get down. Johnny, I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys all had a good weekend, whatever it is you did this weekend. It was a beautiful weekend here in Austin, Texas. Relatively lower temperatures than we've been dealing with, and it was gorgeous to run around outside and be outside with my pup. Went to a baseball game on Sunday, a kid's baseball game. I'll tell you more about that in just a second. But I want to let you guys know, gang, if you're listening to this show the day that it comes out, which is Tuesday, September 19th, today is Ham Day here in Austin. Ham is the Health Alliance for Austin Musicians. They provide inexpensive healthcare and healthcare for musicians here in the Austin area. And they've been doing it for a couple of decades now, helping so many musicians, so many testimonials, so many people have been helped by the ham organization. And on ham day, what happens is there's music everywhere. This is their big fundraiser day. This is the day that they raise most of their money. If you want to find out there's music everywhere in Austin, that's what I was going to say. From the time you wake up from like seven in the morning, until two in the morning, there is music here in Austin going on and it's all benefiting ham. If you want to find out how to get involved with ham day, find out where people are playing. You go to myham.org backslash ham dash day. I'll put a link to it in the text of this podcast. But if you want to go out and support the health Alliance for Austin musicians, or if you don't live in Austin and you want to find out more about it, go to myham.org. Okay. That's my H A A M dot O R G. 
All right. This is a big day for him. So uh, if you're out there playing, if you're out there doing it, enjoy yourself. Have a great time. Know you're doing something great for our community. If you're going out and finding out uh, who all is playing and you're being a part of it and you're helping raise money for him. Thank you. You're helping out the whole thing. All right. That's today, Tuesday, September 19th. Ham day. Right. Uh, All right. So Friday, I I did have a good weekend. So Friday, I I didn't play this weekend. So Friday night, I went and saw my friend Darren Murphy, who plays in Skyrocket. He also sings in this band called Heartburn. That's uh, mostly a Talking Heads tribute band. But on Friday, they did a show at Emo's that the first set was a 40th anniversary tribute to the 40th anniversary of Huey Lewis's album Sports, the one with all the big hits on it. And, uh, and then also they did a talking headset afterwards. So I went and I, I saw the whole Huey Lewis set. That was fantastic. I saw about half the, uh, half of the talking headset. Unbelievable. My friend Darren is an unbelievable front man, such a great singer, such a great musician. His guitar playing was unbelievable. I know he was just playing rhythm, but like the feel of it was just like so nice. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. I ended up having some tequila drinks, meeting some people. There was like a couple and their friend. And I just ended up hanging out with these people all night. Can't even remember their names. But I had I did tequila shots with them. It was so weird. Anyway, <laughs> I did that. Saturday, I didn't do much. I woke up and uh, I told you guys that uh, on Friday's show that I'd been keeping up with the Kemp Paxton impeachment hearing. And I had some favorite characters, some favorite lawyers and stuff and that. And uh, found that the verdict on Saturday, that was bad news. He was acquitted on all charges and all the impeachment charges. Uh, bad news for people like myself. So, uh, so that was sad. And then my AC went out on Saturday. So they brought in one of those window unit things. They just finally fixed the AC today. That works into today's show. And I'll tell you a little bit about that when, when, when we get to it in just a second. Sunday, I went to my girlfriend's nephew's baseball game. Uh, he's about nine years old. It was, it was out past Dripping Springs in a place called Henley, Texas. So I went out there about 45 minutes an hour away to this place that has like 12 fucking baseball fields in the middle of nowhere. And I watched a very exciting kids baseball game. His team, like they were all really good, but it's the parents, man. That's the scene, right? (laughs) His name's Drake and his baseball team. I can't remember the name of the baseball team. It's, it's something, uh, something JC seven or something like that. But the parents, man, in the, in like where the parents all hang out, they're all like one of them's pacing, going back and forth. They're, they're all like the coach, like the kids are going up to do something and the coach will tell them something. And then as the kids walking up, their parents start telling them, Hey, don't forget the whatever. And then, and then other parents start chiming in. Hey, don't, you know, do the thing that you do. And they're all, they're all yelling at these kids and like, they're, they're getting into it. They're, they got into a, a bit of a scene with the, with, the, with the umpires. It was exciting. I was only out there for one game, but apparently ended up playing like three games and uh, went on to the championship later on that day. It was a tournament. So anyway, I was at this baseball field that was just loaded with families and people and music. It was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. That was my, that was my Sunday. Gang, I have a great, great show for you guys today. This has been a show that has been in the works for a long time. I saved the date to release it for the last couple of months. But my friend Tommy Taylor, who was on the show before, you might know him as being the drummer on the giant Christopher Cross record with Ride Like the Wind and Sailing and all that stuff. And he was on the two big Eric Johnson records, Avia Musicom and Tomes. He was the drummer on those and, and, and countless other projects. Just even this past weekend, he was playing with Stephanie Urbina Jones and the Honky Tonk Mariachi Band. Then he went and played a couple songs with this amazing cover band called Lexington Lab Band in Lexington, Kentucky. So he's always doing something. He's always busy. But Tommy Taylor has made 
an album where he wrote all the songs. He plays guitar and sings. He's the singer of this record for the first time ever. He's 66 years old and he's releasing his debut solo album. It's called Across the Stars. It comes out this Friday. And gang, guess what? It is amazing. This record's great, man. He wrote such great songs. He's such a great songwriter. He's such a great singer. I never knew what a great songwriter he was. And I talked to him about like in 1993, uh, I was in this band, Mr. Rocket Baby, and he used to play with these guys called the Sunday Monsters. And for a few months, we played before the Sunday Monsters. And so I saw him play every Sunday for a few months. And I know Tommy, I've known him since I was about 16 or so. Uh, Such a talented and amazing guy and such a great inspiration and always such a great, like a mentor kind of guy, you know, in your life. I don't know if he thinks of himself as my mentor, but I've always looked up to him and he's always been cool to me and I've always had a great time around him. Anyway, uh, he has made his very first solo album. He's an amazing songwriter. He's a great singer, which I knew back in 93 when I was seeing him sing with the Monsters, singing backup on that stuff. But he's got an amazing amount of great songs on here. The record was co-produced with him and Mark Hallman, my my mentor. Uh, and, uh, and it has a great, great cast of musicians on here. Of course, Tommy plays drums. It's got uh, Lance Keltner. It's got David Holt. It's got Mark Andes playing bass. Uh, and the guy that really... Is, is like the MVP of the record is a guy named Michael O'Mardian, who was the guy that produced the big Christopher Cross record, huge solo artist, guy that played with Steely Dan in the 70s and all this stuff, played on those records. So you can really like get an idea of what kind of musician he is. He did the string arrangements and, and also played piano on the record and accordion and organ and stuff like that. But it's all gorgeous. This record is unbelievable. It's so great to hear Tommy's voice as a writer and, and as a singer. It's really inspiring. It's really great. But I will tell you, I told you guys that my my AC went out this weekend and the guys came in early this morning and fixed it, but they didn't come back to work on it again until Tommy and I were in the middle of the podcast. So there is a point where guys come in and they're coming in and out and they're turning on the AC and they're turning off the AC. So the AC kicks on and guys are walking around, but Tommy and I are locked in. We're engaged. We're engaged in this conversation about what, what, what it took to step out from behind the drums, start putting out your own songs, the vulnerability involved, the difficulty involved with trying to put out a record yourself in this time, as opposed to back when he started putting out records, it was on Warner Brothers, and then they won a bunch of Grammys, and it was an awesome scene. Now now it's a lot of work. But Tommy, uh, Tommy's doing great. And I hope that he puts a band together and gets out and plays this stuff. This record is called Across the Stars. It comes out this Friday, September 22nd. Wherever it is that you stream and download music, go to uh, TommyTaylor.com to find out more. He said he's going to be updating his website. So if it's not updated, go to Official Tommy Taylor on Facebook and find out what's going on on there. That seems to be pretty uh pretty pretty up to date Tommy and I have a great great conversation about songwriting about making this record about the courage that it took to make it about his work with Michael Omardian work with Mark Hallman the great Bradley Cop worked on this record did some great stuff on here as well um, so yeah Tommy Taylor amazing musician turns out he's an amazing songwriter and singer and producer and and record maker get out there and check out this record across the stars it's out on friday you're gonna hear a song from here called never sorry everybody's gonna let you down that's the name of this song great song great vocal great lyrics you'll love it and so without further ado please enjoy my conversation with this amazing talent that i've known for so long and i love so much this is me and tommy taylor chatting it up let's get down
Posted online, oh my God. and it talked about uh, how you were at one point thinking about going. I think you'd been ten years a drummer, yeah. and you had thought that maybe it's time for you to step out in front of the microphone. And then something what happened that that took you out of that zone? Uh, well, I was I, I, Tim Neese called. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and he said, "Hey, how would you?" Uh, actually, he came and asked me about. You know, uh, 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 he wanted me to come to his office, and he wanted me to uh, join a band that he was managing called Stony West. Okay, and they were a cover band, yeah, and and I and I basically, and I basically knew those guys, and they were a great band. And I just said, you know, that doesn't make much sense because they're just doing cover songs like I was doing, and I'd have to move to Fort Worth, and then I'd be on the road all the time, and it would cost me money, and they're making about the same money I was making already living at home at my parents' house doing the same thing it was a lateral move not even a very good one and then he played he said well i want you to hear something and so he pulled the tape out from his desk and he put in the christopher cross demo and i was like wow that's awesome i thought it was a record you know i said so where can i buy this so it's just a demo type i said that's a demo he said yeah it's a band i manage in houston called christopher cross do you do you they're thinking about making a drummer change do you want to maybe audition to be the drummer i was like yeah Okay, so it was that. Game. That was it. That yeah, took you out of it. So, I mean, I, you know, before that, I, I had, um, you know, jo- you know who Johnny Reaver is? John Holston? No. Okay, he's a, he was, a, uh, he played with the Lotions originally. Uh, he, he, he uh, you know, he was a singer, songwriter, uh, great rhythm and lead guitar player, real kind of R&B guy. Uh, Glenn Fukunaga, Mark Evans, and a guy, a keyboard player, B3 player named David Estes. And they were kind of all on paper to kind of back me as a singer. Um, and, uh, you know, like we, we were just cover guys. We didn't have any original material at that point in time. But it's like, that's a segue. You know, you start being a lead singer, and then obviously you figure out how you, either somebody's going to write you some songs or you're going to. Right, right. You know, and so uh, that was all kind of going down. You know, I was kind of like, well, I've kind of done the drum thing. I'm, I'm a singer from behind the kit, but... It's not like I'm not going to go very far doing that. You know, I mean, Don Henley was sort of starting to be successful, you know, the guy in the Standells. But I mean, singing drummers were, right. <laughs> were not really the big, that's not the, that's not the way to start them, you know. Right. Even right. Dave Clark, you know, wasn't the singer, you know, he had, he had, he had, uh, oh God, now I've got Mike Smith on the keyboards who wrote and sang the song. So it's kind of like, okay, I got to get out front of this thing to make, make it, make a stab. Right. So that's kind of what happened. And then it didn't happen because I got Christopher Cross and then, you know. It snowballed. It snowballed. Well, you I mean, got to work too. Well, well I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it was was like, well, okay, do I want to? I I knew Chris's songs were great, and I knew the band was great, and I thought, well, now that's going to be successful. Let's do that. I mean, that's that's you know, if you get up to a certain level with yeah. that, then you can just you can do something else. And Chris was like into helping me too. It's like, well, let's just get our record done, and then I'll help you get your record done. And then, of course, his success was so huge, he never really had time to do that. I could see that. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. So well, then hey, I good, got the gig with Eric and, you know. Good call, though, on that. Like, oh, yeah, I'll do this Christopher Cross thing. Because you could have said no. And imagine. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I mean, if you'd been in the office 
at that time in that climate with what was going on around here, no offense to anything that was happening here, but it, it, there wasn't anything going on that was of that on that level. Yeah. You know, when I heard you know Chris and the guys, you know, music, I was just like, that's already a record. You yeah. know, I mean, it wasn't a demo to me. I mean, I was like, okay, where can I buy that? You know? Yeah. And and uh, and it was just like those songs, that voice, that sound, that band, that's gonna make it. So I want to be in that if I can be in that. Yeah. So it worked. Yeah, you got to do. Okay, so let's talk about this record across the stars. So, when did you start this? There's, there's a bunch of stuff I don't, I don't know. Like, I know at some point I, I thought I knew who played and and did stuff on it, but I, I don't know. So well, this is, this is the yeah, unfolding well, of this record. I got in a band with Lance Keltner and Mark oh, yeah. Andes and David Holt. It was kind of a grand experiment. What band is that? Of a bunch of what was that? That was in like two thousand one, two thousand two. And we were working at Lance's studio, and the idea was everybody was going to write songs and sing, and I wasn't a songwriter. And so I was kind of on the spot. I said, you know, Lance, why don't you write me some songs I'll sing? He said, no, we're not doing that. Everybody's going to write songs and sing, and you're up. And I was like, yeah, but I don't do that. I'm not good. You know, I'm not not really any good. He said, no, you know, it's going to be great. So I didn't really have anything to write about. I mean, I think that's really something that's been important to me is like, you know, really great songs. You got to have a reason to write it. You can't just, I don't like songs that are just like, I'm going to sit down and write songs so I can be writing songs. Those songs never come off. I mean, yeah, song, yeah, Wooly Bully, okay. You know, but but it's not for me. I got to have a passionate thing to discuss. Yeah. And so I was a pretty huge Jim Blossoms fan. And uh, I really... That's had, not that's not a band I thought you were going to say. I love them. You that's know? amazing. And, and really, honestly, you know, Lance had kind of hit me to Doug Hopkins' story uh, about being the principal songwriter and, you know, originally the singer and, 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 and having put the whole band together. He taught Bill Leem how to play bass because he was his best friend. He wanted him in the band. And, um, you know, I came to find out about Doug's demise. And, um, you know, I started delving into that whole story and and kind of reading interviews with him after the you know he was fired from the group for his alcoholism and 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 his basic basic overall uh you know un, un, unpleasant demeanor at times you know because of that his his mental illness and things like that and, and uh not not to shed any you know ill will or darkness towards Doug. I, I love him and i love his story but i would read things that he said about the group and his firing and his tenure and it was like things i could have said when i was fired from christopher cross exact word for word quotes you know and i was going like i really empathized with 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 doug's story and so it was the first thing i ever really felt like i had some reason to say something in a song so that's where fall of 93 came in i i i had all the verses and stuff and and the chord changes and and I wasn't really a songwriter yet I, I really didn't know what to do and 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 I went to Lance and I said hey I got this thing working but you know you need to help me with this let let's do a, a thing and uh, and he he knew the story so he took the he took the, the the gist of it and he came up with the the melody and the first line of the chorus you know I, I came back and he said look I got something and he played that and um, I said. Uh, Okay, great. Stop. I know where to go with this now. So, you know, basically. Um, okay, sorry. I, I, uh, I, I wrote that tune and we recorded it with Mark and David and, and Lance, and, and that was part of our 
repertoire that we were shopping and and uh later on i took it and finished it added some more keyboards and, and so that that recording has like lance and david holden yes, mark lance, lance is playing rhythm guitar and 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 mark is playing mark andy's is playing bass david holt plays the guitar solo and some electric rhythm what was that guitar. band called What's funny? We we call it's pretty it, fucking. That's a pretty. That's a pretty massive group. It was going to be really like, cool, and and you know we yeah. were, you know Lance and I were a huge Jim Lawson fan, and we, we wanted John Hampton to. This is kind of off. You can probably edit this out, or you know, but we wanted John Hampton produ- to produce this. He produced the Jim Blossoms and everything, and uh, man, it's, it's so odd. I would not peg either of you guys as we like. Lo- we both love. Yeah, yeah. You know? So we couldn't be in the Jim Blossoms, so we decided we'd have our own Jim Blossoms. You know? <laughs> yeah. And and uh, you know and so. Um, I just, you know, I hate naming bands. You know, it's just horrible trying to name bands. So I said, yeah. you know, well, let's just call the band Spot, like our dog, like Spot. And then yeah. we started making jokes like, right, that's Spot On and all this kind of stuff. And then David Hulk comes to us and says, man, there's a, the band just came out in Houston called Spot. We can't be Spot. So we really didn't, we're kind of at a loss. And the weirdest thing happened, John, you won't believe this. So I'm, I end up working with Lance. I got him a gig producing this guy named Michael Elford from Dallas. And uh, it was Lance and me and Michael and Carmine Rojas on bass. And the guy who was, was, uh, was, the guy who was, who was like um, the executive producer guy, Jim Gaines produced the sides. The, the guy who was the executive producer got us to go to Arden in Memphis, which is where the Jim Blossoms recorded their record. We're in the same room that the Jim Blossoms recorded their record. And I'm playing the snare drum that Philip Rhodes played on the Jim Blossoms record and shaking John Hampton's tambourine. Whoa. So we're mixing and we meet John Hampton. And he says, oh, so you guys are from Texas. He, yeah. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm originally from Texas. I'm from Houston. He said, a lot of good music out of Texas. He said, we signed a band a while, a while back that, that we did some recording work here uh, called Spot. That is unbelievable. That's some weird stuff. It was spooky. Whoa. Real spooky. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, so that's how it kind of started off. So wow. Lance kind of kick, kick, kicked me out of the bed, you know, said, okay, you got to do this. You got to get up and you got you to gotta own it. You got to be, you become something that you're not. And I was kind of freaked out because I didn't really know what to do. Right. You know? And so, after that, you know, uh, I kind of piddled around with a couple more ideas and they kind of took a little while and, you know, I thought they were pretty good. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I I went to Mark Hallman because I always thought if I did a solo project, I'd like to have Mark work with me as a co-producer because I think, you know, we kind of have a similar verve and and he's really great at like, if, you know, if you got some frazzled loose ends or something, he can kind of pat it together and make it work, you know, (laughs) if you get lost in the screaming in the night, Mark can fix it. And also as like, not, not that you're a new songwriter, but it's good to have like a songwriter producer when you're you're getting your thing going as a songwriter. So I could play these songs these new three songs that I had you know kind of by myself on an acoustic guitar so I went over to Mark's place over on Meriden and said hey this is what I got and he was going that's really good I said is it really he said, yeah it is no it's really good and yeah. I was going okay so that was uh, Across the Stars and Cloquet and The Party and so Brad had offered Bradley Cop had offered to help me and so I went to Brad because he's a guitar player too, and I'm not really an accomplished acoustic player. I've never played acoustic. Well, I wrote those songs on a Stratocaster, basically, <laughs> you know. And uh, and I said, Brad, I got these songs. I want you to play guitar and help me lay the basic down, and then I'll sing them, right? 
And so I showed it to him and he said, you just play it. And I was like, oh, oh no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I need a guitar player. He said, no, you're the guitar player. You're going to do this. Yeah, yeah. And so he sat me down and we cut three tracks with me playing the acoustic, you know, and singing. And then I replaced the acoustic with the existing vocal and then fixed the vocal because it had bleed from the acoustic. Right. And we're doing it to a click. And that was that. And so I had that. And uh, I just kind of said, wow, if I had some production, I, I'm kind of like four songs on my way to making an album, you know. And then slowly but surely, this stuff just kind of filled in, you know. And, 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 and you know, I mean, I was barely started when we did the last one of these 10 years ago, <laughs> you know. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, you had already started that. Yeah, I kind of, well, I, I mean, I had those three things done. Right. You know, those four things right. done. Yeah. It's funny because I, I remember in 1993 when Mr. Rocket Baby started playing and then we would open for you guys on Sunday nights right. with the Monsters. Yeah. I don't know if, if you remember me telling you this, but I remember at that time, like kind of like whenever sort of like out, you weren't really like a stay until the wee hours of the morning right. downstairs guy. Right. But I do remember being like, why don't Tommy sing more, man? He's the fucking best oh, singer out of all you guys. Thanks. Not in a mean way, but like you had like this really cool, like whenever you'd sing backup on that shit, we'd always be like, you hear Tommy? Like that guy's great. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, I mean, you know, I, I kind of just, I, you know, I started listening to and enjoying what I was doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the whole thing. It's like, you know, I mean, people say. Until <laughs> you get to the, the end part. Until you get like to the, the end part. Like, part like trying to get it sucks. released yeah. and, have, and, have, and have it manufactured and all that kind of right. stuff. It's like, oh, really? Do that's, I have to do this too? Oh, and promoting it too. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. This is all yeah. really great stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard it in your voice when you called. That's why I called back and I was like, man, if you, if you don't need to come into town, then don't no, worry no, about it. Like, let's just I, do I this really rather Zoom. do it this way. But no, it's like I just, you know, I've had, I won't mention, but, you know, aggregators. That's the term of They're the all people. terrible. Well, they're, well, they're just... They they're not terrible. They just... It's a different world we it live is. in. It is. You can't not, talk to no, a guy. No. You like, know what I mean? Like, no, you can't I mean, just I be call, like... I called them and oh, they, they said... And the, and the recording says, go to our live <laughs> chat. It's like, man, I don't want to... I mean, I'm good at typing, but I'm, I want to talk to you. I want you to understand my emotion in my voice and try to help me. And it's like, they don't really do that. Do you think we come from a different time? Because I, I have that problem. Yeah. I have that just like, why well, just get a guy on the phone with me and I'll get this done in three and a half no, minutes. No, and, 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 and if you ever do find a company that does that, you like want, it's like you propose marriage to them. Would you like marry me? Because <laughs> I mean, you're actually a human being and I can talk to you. you know? Right, right. It's just crazy. It's really, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty nuts. Because I mean, we just, I'm just used to, you know, I mean, I started, you know, recording for Warner Brothers in 79, it's like we had record companies. They did artwork and they had promotion and right. they had people that talked to you. And yeah, artists, that's, artists a different, that's a different world. You showed yeah. up and you played drums on that record yeah, and yeah. nobody else, nobody yelled at you about anything. Yeah, no, and they handed me a contract, you know, yeah. with the union <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I got paid and yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and then I get paid forever too, you know, like 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 if, if they use it in the Hyundai commercial, <laughs> I get money in the mailbox, you know, I don't understand. You know. The best thing is that now the model is like you spend your own money there's no way to make it back. <laughs> and you have to do all the work of everyone. Yeah, yeah, the manager, yeah, yeah, the yeah, publicist, yeah, yeah, the record yeah, label, yeah. the distributor. Yeah, no, I, yeah. The radio guy. Okay, so uh, so congratulations. It's coming out. Uh, it'll be out on Friday. On Friday. For they everyone tell, to they, hear. They tell me, yeah. That's what they tell me. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm holding to that until I hear differently. Yeah. Yeah. 
Has it, I mean, as an accomplishment, I mean, cause this is like, you're, you're, you're like years in to, to a really pretty spectacular career. And now all of a sudden you're, you're really going out on a limb on this level of vulnerability that most drummers don't experience. Well, no, I think that's the thing, you know, um, I'm working with uh, a guy named Michael Whalen, who's, um, does like artist expansion. That's kind of the name of his company. And he's like, kind of, that's one of the things that impressed him is like, wow, you're pretty gutsy to like, after like you're, you're 66 years old, you're going to debut. I, I like that. I want to yeah. talk about that, you know? And so it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm in an interesting position as a writer. Cause I didn't start most people like, you know, I mean, like you and other people, you start writing songs when you're like kind of in your teens or twenties up into your maybe, maybe thirties uh, is, is a starting point, And you're looking at life and what's going to happen and how I'm going to be and, it's a very, and what's, what's going to be really great in my life. And let me talk to you about all the experiences that I'm hoping to have. I'm talking to you about, I already did that. Yeah, let me tell you about yeah. what happened and how it went well and how it didn't go well. And what I can think of as, you know, the, the next steps for, for a mature adult, you know? Yeah. There's something very much, you know what your songwriting, not, not in any ripoff way, but it, 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 in a way of like, uh, if I had to describe, there is like a Henley-esque, there's a couple songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I actually wrote one down. I was like, this one feels kind of Henley-ish. I can't remember which I, one I've, it was. I've had that, I, I, you know, certainly, I, I mean, people that have heard of this have, have, have spoken about, about Don, and they've also spoken about Jackson Brown, of all people, which is like... I, I thought that too. Which is interesting, because, I mean, I love Jackson Brown. Don't anybody get me wrong. I think he's great, but I never bought a Jackson Brown record, and I never, like, listened to him de in depth enough to, like, start lifting from his style or anything, but people have said it's Jackson Brown. I said, well, great, I'll take that. Thank you. How do you pronounce the second song? Cloquet? Cloquet. Cloquet. Yeah. Okay. That that's the one that that cool. Jackson Brown me. Yeah. You know the thing is that was a song. Uh, Cloquet is the name of a little town in Minnesota, um, and really I couldn't find a name for the song. And the song is about a trip that I took with a friend of mine to Hibbing, which is the birthplace of, but well, not the birthplace, but where Bob Dylan grew up. It's a it's a little town in the northern Iron Range of Minnesota, and I you know it's like a pilgrimage, like. I'm going to go see where Bob Dylan grew up. It's like, and it's, we went in February. <laughs> you know, it's like Jesus. up there, you might as well be going yeah, to the yeah, North yeah. Pole. Uh, you know, it's 32 below zero Fahrenheit outside. And it's like, you know, if you, if you, if you were to step outside of your car and you didn't quite get to the gas station door, you could freeze to death. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, um, I couldn't think of a name for the song. Um, and Cloquet is a town that's there and sounded nice. It's like, yeah. you know, so that's kind of how the name came about for the tune. But yeah, and I'm Jackson Brown. Yeah, I, I like Jackson Brown. I think he's got some great, great stuff. So yeah. um, vocally, they say, I sound like, okay, he's a good singer. I like him. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. You know? There's some songs where you belt out. There was, uh, there was one that I actually wrote down. I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. The Fall of 93. You cut loose vocally on that one. Yeah, Lance was pushing me at the end of that, you know, like in the bridge, you know, where I did that little breakdown. And that, that little breakdown kind of happened sort of automatically, you know, that whole, uh, uh, you know, you can't catch me, I'm falling down. And then, you know, at the end of it, I kind of hit that little stinger. Michael Omar was like, wow, right on. And it's like, he called whatever note it is. I don't know anything about notes, but... Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I've got a, I've got an interesting gamut as far as vocal styles. You know, I can do a lot of different kinds of stuff, and this is kind of, I think, on this record, it's not what people expect from me. No, 
You know, they expect me to be more of a, you know, Lou Graham, Paul Rogers. That's what I remember you as like, almost like a Motown, like, yeah, you know, like I kinda, old I school do soul singer. Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pickett, yeah. Or, or, you know, go either real, real yeah. R&B or yeah. go more like, like rock belter. Right, right. You know, the songs that I wrote didn't really have that. That's just not where they were coming from. It was a little more intimate, you know, and. and also, and, so, uh, it's hard to step out like that at 66, like all of a sudden, like, hey, look out, bitches, I'm screaming. Right, you know right. Well, I mean, I, I can do it, but yeah, I thought yeah. I would save that maybe. <laughs> for the second record you know i've got a couple other ones yeah i've got another record like i'm seven songs into another record here recording wise yeah 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 so i'm I'm pretty you know i mean they're not that's good they're not finished but well i figured like I, the reason this hasn't been out i've had this record in the camp for a couple of years yeah yeah honestly and you know it's like i just was looking around going like all right, man, you know, I mean, it's really cool because I've got, you know, great people involved and everybody really was so supportive that played on it and, and helped me, you know, put it all together. It's like even the artwork, you know, everything is like, OK, this is really a great thing that I've done here. Everybody's been so kind with their with their time and energy and, and, and support. I don't want to just throw this out there. I want some, at least some hope that some people will actually hear it before I do it, or I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, I'll hold on to it until I can find, you know, some way to make, make it visible. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's a, that's a hard thing to do nowadays. I mean, that's like the, that's the, it's really difficult. It's really, really difficult. I mean, I think it's luck of the draw, but you got to at least have some sort of a battle plan because I mean, I can release it tomorrow and it's like, it would go, you know, cardboard. I mean, no one. Well, there's that feeling of like, I, I, I've, I've had this feeling, an odd feeling over the last, like, uh, over the last five years, everything that I've released, I've kind of felt like you're walking in a giant stadium in the middle of a game and going like, hey, I have an album. <laughs> hey, I, I made an album. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I, yeah. No. Oh, or that meme's like, see, he made an album. <laughs> see, nobody cares, you know, right? You know, I mean, but, 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 you know, I mean, you hope that like, wow, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, people really have been supportive. I mean, people, I mean, people don't just do it and, you know, it doesn't matter whether you, you know, pay people a lot of money or, you know, at this point in time, nobody really has to do, come on board and work on your project. The people that played on my record did it because they liked it. Right. Well, let's, let's quickly, because I don't want to lose that. You co-produced this with Hallman. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Bradley Cop did some engineering. He did. And, he, yeah, and he did some of that. the initial stuff. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so one quick question: When you sang, who was who was uh, who was the guy behind the board, calling the shots on the singing part? On the on like the, when you were singing, who was the, who was who was in the who was in the control room? Well, it depends. I mean, some of it was, judging you. <laughs> some of it was Brad, and some of it was Mark. I was okay. Yeah, good. They yeah. they really got great performances out of you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You know, I mean, most of the vocals is that's been the easiest part. You know, I mean, uh, and 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 you know, to 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 toot my own horn a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm pretty careful about auto tune. You know, I don't I don't like you know Mark and I will kind of make a make an executive decision is this is this worth yeah. trying to fix I know what you mean fix it you know go <laughs> walk back downstairs and sing yeah. it again or or can we just move this w- one note a little bit to make it and right, save right. the performance right. so I don't do a lot of tuning there's not a lot of tuning on the record but in in a in a few places but you would never no. be able to pick it you know it's funny that that's a, a re- <clears throat> it's, it's funny cuz like with someone like like Hallman you'll have that conversation I did some recording uh, with some dudes that are really young, like just a one tune thing. Right. Super cool guys, great yeah. guys. Yeah. And when they sent me, 
the finish mix. It's like, Jesus, I'm not that bad, dude. Like, t- you know, you, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's not, I know it's not as bad as you've corrected. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. I, know it's like, well, you know I feel I, like some people use it like they just have it on now. Man, I went and did, I did a session with a Nashville producer on a, on a singer here in town. And, I mean, they had, they were, I mean, they had the auto-tune on tracking on the basics and i'm just going like wow i mean it's like it's like you don't i mean it's a tool it's not you know i mean right. it, it, it's it's like a it's like pro tools editing it's like it's not something that you you know that you just do as a matter of course i wouldn't right. use it if unless i have to yeah you know? yeah i mean but we grew up in a different time you had to be able to sing you know <laughs> well you had to be able to sing but also there are those things that add this character to a song that there's nothing oh, you can man. take away from a performance no i mean you listen- and i don't think that the performance is really that important to modern production as it was no it's not because i don't think anybody's paying that much attention i mean i mean the people that are you you love them you want to find them and have them be in your camp you know if they're yeah, listening yeah. deep enough to to care enough about whether yeah. the performance is great well where are you man i, I need a million of you because that's yeah. that's the kind of record i'm trying to make that's one of the things that was that was kind of the impetus in me trying to make the record in the first place is like man i just heard a bunch of records that were half-baked songwriting wise and production wise yeah well what happened man why do we i mean i realize we don't have the money but <laughs> can we but let's figure out a way to make it happen you know yeah, yeah. i miss hearing songs with strings and and stuff and people doing big lush and lots of over I, I have so many notes about strings on almost every song of this they're f- fucking awesome is I that Mar- the, michael lamarty michael lamarty jesus man i'm the luckiest man the you're world. you're really lucky that's a great dude man man he's I, I, not only he recorded them too, right? Yeah, okay, because I mean, they're amazing. Like the the recording of them is just like, well, oh, you know, how do you do is, that? The, the thing is, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I, I, you know, I mean, Michael, you know, obviously he's an incredible string arranger. I remember when we were working with Christopher Cross, we really wanted Randy Newman to do the strings for Sailing, and Michael's over here going like, I do strings, you know, I yeah. do strings, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like nobody really knew that he was a string yeah. arranger. He went to school to do that to learn how to do that so yeah, I mean, you can tell so he did it's not a guy just like, <clears throat> oh i can do it <laughs> right so <laughs> yeah. i mean he you know he did the string arrangement on sailing and obviously that was kind of a big arrangement but yeah. but but you know i mean the whole story about how michael came uh on board and everything is <clears throat> excuse me i'm sorry um pretty miraculous for me and and you know having him you know, he played piano on on the on those songs, and I just went to him and said, "You know, Michael, what you've done here is you've kind of you, you've left an open-ended dovetail, and the only thing that's really going to mesh with that is a Michael O'Marty and string arrangement." He goes, "You want strings on those?" I went, "Uh, yeah." He said, "Yeah, okay, I'll fix it up." You know, but he's he works in digital performer. He's a, he does a lot of a, a lot of um, oh, so they're they're not live. I'm. I'm that's uh, dude, actually, that's fine. That's, yeah, but but I mean, he he has a really incredible film score quality library of sounds. But he also knows he what, knows he knows yeah, what yeah, it's yeah. supposed yeah. to sound like. Yeah, it's yeah. not like he's just yeah. playing chords. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's. He, I mean, I get it's different than if I did it with my Casio. Right. Yeah. I have. Yeah. A, I mean, when he sends me stems for a string arrangement, I mean, I've got every every violin and every yeah, oboe yeah. and every, I mean every French horn. I mean, it's all kind of done. So I mean, but it's. Yeah, I'm, now I'm he, lucky. he produced that that Christopher Cross record. He did, yeah. 
what else he produced a lot of big stuff that that like he was a like a, him and david foster were guys that were kind of like well yeah, if you I didn't mean, get one guy you had the other guy on your record well you know the thing is with michael i mean he started out his, his like one of his first okay well going back you know i had across the stars that song that was one of the earlier ones i wrote but yeah, yeah. I, I i that was the second one he played piano on for me and i had piano works great and he's, he's just gorgeous. Yeah, he's just the best pianist in the world. Yeah. I mean, and and I mean, he's just the best guy. He's the best everything. He's just he loves my music, which is really the best part because he doesn't. At this point, he doesn't have to play at all. Right, right. For anybody, right. And he wouldn't unless he really loved it, and he loves it. Right, right. And I'm just like, well, that's my Grammy award. That's cool as shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so so, but Michael says. Uh, so I I told him I said, well, on this little intro figure that I wrote, I'm going to have accordion and mandolin. You know. And he, so when he got around to playing piano, he says, yeah, I'm going to go cut this track. I'm going to put piano. So, so you hear accordion on this. I said, I said, yeah, yeah. He says, I got a pretty good sounding one here. I said, uh, well, you play accordion? I mean, I wasn't yeah, I asking like him to play accordion. Could, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted him to know so he'd know how to orchestrate the piano yeah. and not get in the way of the accordion. He said, did you ever hear of a song called The Piano Man by Billy Joel? That's him playing accordion. And I said, I said uh, uh, Michael, I don't think there's anybody in the world hasn't heard that song. I said, yeah, that was one of my first gigs. So I mean, he that you know he he arranged and you know that that song you know and 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 worked on the production and played the accordion. But but I mean he's done. I mean you go back in time. That guy like you know that song "Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City" by by uh, Bobby Bland. It's been covered by a million people. No. It's 1973. He did all the string arrangement and produced that record oh, in really? 73. This is back before Steely Dan that he played all the piano on and all that stuff. But after the Christopher Cross record, he was like, everybody's like, who, who did that? We want yeah. him. I mean, he, I mean, he did Rod Stewart. He did Donna Summer. He did Amy Grant. He did Shania Twain. He did, you know, uh, Michael Bolton. He did Vince Gill. I mean, he, I mean, the list is ridiculous. Did Tommy Taylor? He did Tommy Taylor. Cross the stars. He, well, he he, uh, <laughs> he actually co-produced the party. I mean, I, I just said, Michael, I got to. Oh you. yeah, dude, that's I got to give you. I, when we got to the end of that song, you know, I said this is going to close. I kept trying to get him to listen to it because he gets a million emails a day and everything. I said I got this one song, Michael, and. It, it's got to be different, man. I mean, really what I'd love to do is just send it to you, what I have, and have you just send it back to me finished. You know, and, and like, you know, it kind of just went, went, kept falling through the cracks. And, you know, I got down to the wire and I said, I got this one last tune, you know, it can't have like a regular drum beat standard. It's just got to be something else, you know, like a, an accompaniment to the vocal. And he, he said, well, you know, send it to me again. So I sent it to him and he heard it and he went, he was like totally knocked out. Oh yeah, it's he just went, great song, man, dude. that's one hell of a vocal and that's one yeah. hell of a song. I went, once again, I'm like the insecure, like I'm new at this. It's like, it's okay, you know? And he's like, dude, you know? And I'm so freaked out by the fact that he digs it. And so he um, he said, let me work on it. So he, he, when he works up a piano part, so I just, it's just me strumming that 11th chord you know on on the guitar it's basically just you know the guitar part is really just minimal and he sends me this piano yeah rough back and i'm going whoa <laughs> whoa and then he said i said and and you can put strings on it too he went yeah yeah i'll do it so i mean he it was just i mean i just 
what so I after I heard I mean basically the only thing that's on there from my production is you know the chorus on the acoustic guitar and the vocals and the rest of it he did so the uh, backing vocals is you too I did the backing vocals yeah huh. yeah they're yeah. great yeah I tried to get so, I tried to get uh, I I sent that to Chris to see if I could get him to sing but he didn't respond so I thought it would be a cool do place. you still see him I I don't really Cross? yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of dissipated into one of those never never land kind of things I just don't think we'll probably ever. He seems like a guy in motion. So do you, by the way. But he seems like a guy that he's always he's starting a tour, ending a tour, about to do another tour. I want to get back to, to all the people that played on the record. But real fast, you played with Stephanie Urbina Jones and the Honky Tonk Mariachi? Yeah, yeah. What the hell is that? That sounds insane. <clears throat> it really is. I mean, she's a really, she's a great singer. She's a great performer. She's a, uh, she's a great writer. Um, I got the call from Patterson Barrett. Patterson, oh, yeah. Patterson is kind of her MD, uh, and um, he plays acoustic guitar and vocals on this thing. And he's really the time, you know. He's he locks the time uh, on stage. And Bradley was playing uh, electric on the, on the gigs. Um, Kevin Hall had been playing with her, and 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 he was had a, a scheduling conflict. And I just kind of jumped in in play. And so it, she's she's created an actual genre i mean it's in this day and time it's hard to create a genre yeah it really is she took kind of texas honky-tonk country and western yeah and added a full mariachi band to it right so she has like two violins two trumpets a vihuela and a guitaron and then we have a texas honky-tonk rhythm section behind it and uh, it's it's pretty cool that's really it's awesome really fun you got to play it's some really shows really and she's out there i mean brad she got uh I mean, she's she's doing her fifth Grand Ole Opry performance this week. That's awesome. I mean, she was the first person to ever bring mariachi to the Grand Ole Opry. So it's pretty cool. It's fun stuff. That's awesome. Okay, so then the other thing I saw you doing was Lexington Lab Band. What is that? You know, those guys, you know, okay, I mean, having played with Christopher Cross and, and, and Eric Johnson, you know, I get versions sorry i'm gonna bump this a second oh sure okay. versions of the song versions of, here sure. listen to somebody playing sure, ride sure. like yeah, the wind yeah, it's like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah <laughs> and it's another like really lame version of raw like the wind where nobody paid any attention to yeah it. and it's like you know not uh, and and so you know i mean i'll always listen to them you know just to see and so i this one came across my desk lexington lab i would never heard of these guys don't know anything about them I press play. It's Riley Quinn. I'm going like, you know, we're, we're we're five bars in. The drummer's already played everything I played, even sticking it correctly, which nobody does. Even I mean, I've I've seen Chris has Steve Gadd. He's got Keith <laughs> yeah, Carlock, yeah, yeah. and they don't play any yeah, of the parts yeah, yeah. remotely. Yeah, like yeah. they never heard the record. It's or like something. Darren, like Darren checked it out or something. Right. It's like what? What? Why did you not like listen to what I played? I mean, yeah. it's pretty integral. I, those parts didn't just fall out of the sky. We actually were working to make an orchestration for the songs. Right. Right. So, so I'm 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 like four bars in, you know, and here's this guy, and he's already playing it right, but everything sounds. I can't. Even when it goes all the way up to the first Michael McDonald thing, I'm going like, dude, I can't. Is this the record or what? Wow. I mean, it's that perfect. And so I just, I was like totally blown away. So I, I commented on their YouTube and said, dudes, I got to tell you, I played on the record. You guys are amazing. Nobody even cares. This is absolutely as close to perfection as anybody's going to get. I can tell you what you didn't do right, but it's almost not worth me talking about because it's so Chris can't even do it this good, okay? And, and uh, no offense, Chris, um, but really, these guys just nailed it. And so 
I got to talking back and forth with uh, Michael Vandemark, um, who's the head of the thing, and I just said, if you guys ever play this live, I, I'd come over and play it with you. And they said, well, we actually do one performance a year on Labor Day. Uh, we, you know, we have a, a big stage outdoors, full venue. Yeah, dude, that gig looked huge. No, it's, I mean, it's out in the middle of a hayfield in the, outside of, <laughs> of, of Lexington, but it's a real venue and it's got a nice stage and they had a full-flown PA and a great lighting truss. And, uh, yeah, it looked like a festival or something. It was. I yeah. mean, they had 3,200 people. And a guy flew in from Liverpool and a guy flew in from Tokyo. They're, they're growing a huge following. But it's not just, see, what you, Right, right, right. They I, do every band and every song. They ran everything from Alma Brothers to the Tubes. And it's note <laughs> for note. You can't tell the difference between them and the record. They run 50 players through that band in a day. You know, Jesus. and they're all local guys. It's like, it's like, there's a couple of cats that drove up from, like, there's a Cliffs of Dover that's coming out. The guy, this guy, uh, Roger Coleman, he's a Nashville session player, but he plays with a guy, I, I want to say Justin Moore. I hope that's the right name, country artist. But, I mean, he, he these guys are, I, I mean, basically, Michael said, look, you know, the majority of this core, we met in church, and we just wanted to do this for fun, and it just grew into this thing. I mean, they have about 500,000 views of Ride Like the Wind on YouTube. Jesus. You know, so... I went out there, I said, you know, basically because it's, it's two, twofold. I can lend whatever real credibility I have from having been on that record to their project. Like, oh, yeah. okay, I can come, you know, I can, I can go, well, we've got the real guy who played on it with us. And I'm going like, yeah, but you make my part important. Yeah. You know, I can say, look, here's a good bunch of guys that learn it. And I play it like the record and this is how it sounds. This is it. So, so it was real cool. So he said, well, so I got some pretty you know, crackpot guitar players around, you know, we could do an Eric tune. We, you want, we could do Cliffs of Dover. So, well, that would pretty much blow everybody's mind. Right. Like the wind of Cliffs of Dover back to back is the same drummer playing. It's completely different. Yeah. Style. Yeah. So I went over and did that. It was just great fun. <laughs> and they're just the nicest people you have ever met. I mean, there is no ego, man. None. I mean, it's like these guys they're going like, well, we're just a copy, but it's like, man, you guys are the best. I mean, the artists can't do it as well as you right. do. And, and yeah, but they're always downplaying this. I said, so man, I, you know, they're going, you're just the, you know, you're the star. And I'm going, I'm just a guy like you that got lucky. They said, well, you sounded a lot more than lucky when you're up there playing it, you know? Yeah. And I, I said, well, yeah, there, but, but it's like, it's, there's not that much demarcation between the two, mm-hmm. but, but they're, you know, you've played in a lot of bands, and there's always, you know, even, you know, I mean, especially if there's multiple bands and multiple players, I mean, there's always some sort of like, I'm going to go up there, I'm going to do my thing, I'm going to look really cool. It's like, no, these guys are not about that. They're up there to do the best job they can, and the next guy that's coming on there are there to make him look the best he can. Yeah. No I, ego. I, that, that, and, and I feel like the cover band lets you do that. It I can. think the cover band can bring out the best of I your ego so. because yeah. it's not... It's, it's not, not your song getting yeah. messed up You're, by any of it. So there is that. Because I, I, I have been in like Skyrocket things where people are like, God, man, we should we should do like an original thing. And I'm like, dude, we're going to last five minutes. Yeah, no, right. We'll, we'll, there'll second. be so many arguments we won't even be <laughs> yeah. able to talk to each other Because right anymore. now we're fighting over a Nick Gilder song. We're right. not really fighting. Who cares? Nick <laughs> right. Gilder's not here. <laughs> right, right, right. Got it. Yeah. So that was yeah. really fun. I really enjoyed doing that. You know. Yeah. So. That's amazing. All right, so let's get back to this record. So on uh, <clears throat> on on fall of '93, we have the lineup. That's Andy's, you on drums, yeah, uh, uh, Keltner and Holthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, 
you know, when I went in to do the other songs, I mean, I basically, it came to a point where it's like, okay, well, if we're going to move forward here, I got to have some drums. What really happened um, was um, I wrote this other song uh, that's actually the, the premiere track here, uh, Everybody's Gonna Let You Down. Yeah. I was in another band with Holty and Mark Andes and Gabe Rhodes. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, it was kind of the offshoot of the 86. Okay, yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And uh, everybody was going to write songs. And, you know, I was just sitting in my garage apartment when I was renovating my house one day. And, uh, you know, it started out with that, that, like, you know, you know that song River by Joni Mitchell? It's like the most depressing song in the world. I just love it, you know. And, and, she's, and, and it, she plays a little thing. It starts on the piano. She's, like, doing, like, a little Jingle Bells thing, but it's kind of in, a, like, a, a, a diminished thing. dun 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 But it's kind of, like, really dark and everything. And so I was just had my guitar capoed, and I just played that little guitar riff intro, you know, and it, it kind of was just kind of mimicking that sort of intro sure. that she had done. Because it's kind of dreary, rainy yeah. day, and man, the lyrics just started happening. And I like, man, I wrote that thing. It, it like wrote itself. I didn't even do any rearrangement. The roulette was just boom, boom, boom. And uh, I finished, I was like, God, I think I wrote a song. And it was cool because it was out of my element. It was a more universal kind of thing. It could yeah. go with anybody. It's all my story. But, yeah. But that, th- sorry to interrupt you. I do have to point this out. That's the most Henley kind of like song. Lyrically, yeah, yeah. the title even is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's got has, that bite. It's got yeah, that yeah. Henley bite yeah, yeah, to yeah. it. You know, it's kind <laughs> of a, you know, I, I think uh, Lynn Margolis said it's the, you know, it's kind of the figurative middle finger, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, it, and you know, it is, but. It's cool. It, it, it's just reality, man. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's like, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I, I'll be wrong. You know, I, I sent that. I held that back because we had done it with with the band, you know, and there was some dissension there because I always heard it produced like you hear it now. I wanted strings on it, and I completely forgot about the strings, but I wanted piano, and 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 Holty was reticent to do that because he didn't want anything that we couldn't reproduce live and we didn't have a keyboard player. It's like, I get it, but you know, I'm not going to change the way I write to fit, you know? So really what basically ended up happening with that was the majority of the songs were songs that he was writing. And, and when they were shopping, you know, to get interest in it, they were just using his tunes and they weren't really using mine. And we just kind of had a falling out and and that we wanted, but that was good because that mean that song could come out of that, element and go into my solo project right so we were doing the christopher cross thing at you know in 2013 at the at the awards show and everything and rob muir was going to be in town our keyboard player and i love rob's playing always have and and i thought well here's somebody here's one of my buds you know i can get him to come and play piano on it and it'll be in our camp and we'll have a camaraderie thing going on and everything so rob agreed and we went to Hallman's one afternoon, and and he sat down. He'd never heard the song. He listened to it through, and he went like, where'd you get those chords, man? I went like, I don't know, man. I don't write like that, man. I just, I, I just, I had the whole song written a cappella, and I just kind of fiddled around on the guitar until I found something. That was Rob's way of saying, this is really good, but I'm not going to give you that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 as yeah, I'm not going to yeah, come out and yeah. say that you've done good because that will make you, you know, I got to keep the upper hand. Yeah, yeah. But, but Rob, I'm not going to have a drummer. Well, Rob, well, Rob, <laughs> yeah, and Rob, Rob had a huge, you know, I knew Rob. He he set the bar pretty high. I mean, when we were together in Christopher Cross, I mean, everything was terrible. He hated they all those guys hated everything. It's like you know, it's like it's like oh that sucks, that's terrible, this is really bad. No, you know, so very critical. 
Oh, atmosphere. musically. Musically, okay. atmosphere. So I knew if I'd gotten Rob's attention, I'd done something pretty cool. And I was pretty confident in that tune anyway, because Mark Andes, I was playing it for Gabe and Mark Andes. Oh, I was playing it for, for Holty and Mark Andes, and, and, uh, and Gabe came in and he said, man, that's a really great song, you know? And I'm going like, I'm still like deer in the hell. It is, I'm okay. I'm just trying here. I don't really know what I'm doing. And so, um, you know, Rob played piano on it, and, and you know, Holty was a little iffy about it, but he came in. I had done some backing vocals, and he went, ah, I don't like those. I can't, I'm not going to be able to sing those effectively live, you know, so. I hate that. Like, <clears throat> I, I love Holty, but I hate that attitude where it's like, oh, well, you know, let's not. Let's not make the best record we can because well, we won't yeah, be able to I mean, reproduce it live. It's like, well, fuck it, dude. Well, he had a vision of where <laughs> yeah, he yeah, thought yeah. that band yeah, should yeah, go. And it yeah. was more, I mean, I get he, it. being I get a it. primary songwriter, I mean, it was a little more, I get it. But it did cause some dissension. And we, had, we, we ended up not keeping that thing together. But in the interim, you know, he's in the studio and I'm try, I showed him my background vocal parts. He went like, yeah, let me just go sing something. And if you... That's yeah. him on the background vocals. Yeah. It's like he's J.D. Souther. I mean, totally. he's, yeah, he's yeah. Jackson Brown, J.D. I mean, he's just the best background part. It's one of my favorite things on the record yeah, yeah. is his background vocal stack that he did. But so, you know, Rob had always heard organ on it. And then Rob, you know, the, the whole story goes, it's kind of long, but, you know, Rob was killed in Los Angeles uh, by a drunk driver when he was walking back from the convenience store to his apartment. And he was also slated to come down and play on this new song that I'd written called Summit that's on the record. Beautiful song. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm left without a friend, one of my closest friends who actually believed in my music. And, um, you know, um, I needed a keyboard player. And I went through the Rolodex of people around here and I just couldn't get the feeling in my mind with it. And I said, I need Michael Amardian, you know. So I... Nobody had contact info for him, and I hadn't seen him in 20 years. I just sent Chris Geppert an email and said, Rob's gone. I need Michael O'Martin. Will you call Michael O'Martin and ask him if he'll sick, play on my song? Wait, who's Chris Geppert? Chris, Chris, Christopher Cross. Oh, sorry. okay. Sorry. Um, and, and before I could hear back from Chris, I had an email from O'Martin saying, I heard you want to be playing your song. Send it to me. I want to hear it. So that's how that kind of evolved. But... Um, you know, getting back to the to the. So he's like the he's like the like you know like the superhero. He's the superhero man. He's yeah, a superhero like man. Yeah, yeah. I, I sent him. He was like really cool. He's like, you know, I sent him the track, and he says, um, "This is going to come off a little bit disjointed because the story is so huge and so long. It took such a long period of time." But you know, he comes back and says, uh, "That's your song." I said, "Yeah." He said, "It's good. Good. I like the song, man." I said. So that you playing drums? I said, yeah. He said, you're solid as ever, man. That sounds really good. Uh, you singing? I said, yeah. He said, man, your voice is great, you know. He said, uh, I want to play on it. I'd like to play on it. Um, do you mind if I put some organ on it? It's like. It's exactly what you're looking for. Well, no. This, okay, this uh, is another. This is okay. Summit. This oh, okay. is not sorry, 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 you down. Sorry. So I said, so I said, well, I was only hoping to get you to play piano, but I mean. Obviously, if you want to put organ on it, you must think it's pretty good. Nobody's going to do more than they ask or ask to do sure, unless sure. they're into it. So, you know, it came down and he did it. And it was just like he just knocked me out so hard with it. You know, I was blown away. But getting back to everybody's going to let you down. You know, I, I had held that track back because it was involved with the other band. And also, you know, it was pretty much finished. I had done the backgrounds with Holty. I'd done the keyboards with Rob and Mark Andes had played bass. I played the drums. Where did you guys record that? With Gabe? You know, 
it, it at started at Gabe's. It started at Gabe's, and then I went and replaced the drums at the Congress House because okay. uh, I wasn't real happy with the sound. But the Mark Andy's bass part was done out there, and Holty's electric parts were done at Kimmy's place. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So we did that, and then uh, so I finally sent it to Omarty, and I was a little because the song's not really it's not the happiest thing, and and you know, and I take Michael to be a pretty positive guy. Yeah, and uh, you know. At the time, I had I had sent it to to Christopher Cross for him to listen to. Once I finally got it out of the '86 thing, he said, uh, "I think you need to rewrite this, man. I don't think the world's ready for this. It's too it's, it's too negative." He said, "I'm sure that I'm sure that a good bit of the lyrics are are about me, you know." But uh, and I said, "Well, I said, well, you know, yeah, everybody's got a line or two in there, but uh, you know, you can kind of get in line, you know." Um, but you know, getting back to the story, I mean, the, the whole thing about the song is. Man, everybody is, you know, I mean, even all your friends, man, it's like everybody's in your camp to a certain extent, but when push comes to sub, shove, they're, they're looking out for themselves. They're not looking out for yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. And that's, that's not anything. That's exactly right. That's, that's, that, that's too bad in a way, but it's also reality. Yeah. So it really saying all this kind of lets everybody off the hook. It's like, it's not, I'm that, I'm that way. I mean, maybe some people are that way. To a great well, you, at some point you're letting somebody down. You don't even know, but right now you're letting someone down. Right, and but but we, so but, am I. But when you start reflecting about yeah. all the times that you've just been stood up for whatever reason, yeah. on whether it's a, a, a you know a love situation, a community situation, a music situation, somebody says they're going to do something, they don't do it, and then you're just like. You know, you don't got anybody to rely on but yourself at the end. That's right. You know? You know? That's right. And, and so, you know, so anyway, that, that happened. And, and But, uh, you know, in the end, I, I did show it to Michael, and he was like, dude, where have you been hiding this song? I was so excited because he, he loved it, and I didn't expect him to. And he was like, this is great. Your voice is so soulful. Man, what happened to music? This is a smash to me. And I'm going like, yeah, it's it's wow. Yeah, yeah this this record just loaded with great. I mean, it's it's a record that I'm glad you're releasing it as a record and you didn't jump. I mean, I've done I I've done some singles with Gabe. Yeah, I just, I'm I don't want to release a whole record. It drives me nuts. Well, I, the, I think the thing is, I started out that was my archetype. You was like, well, wait a minute, what did we lose? What have, what's what's happened over the last twenty years, thirty years, whatever? You know, when you were growing up, even though you're younger than I am. A record album was an event. Fuck yeah, it was. Yeah, it you was. You know, I mean, you waited. You heard that um, whoever, man, you know, uh, Boston or right. whoever, who would name an artist that you love, uh, the Allman Brothers, what, they were going to make a record. It was going to come out, and you knew about that because you heard about them recording yeah. it. And it's like, you're on the, you're at the record store yeah. waiting. Yeah. You know, now nobody gives a crap whether it comes out or not. It's like, well, wait a minute. We love that. There's got to be people out there that still want to experience that. But it happens to me too. Like even some of my favorite bands. I, I coincidentally at Gabe's uh, a, a couple weeks ago, and this guy Sean Pander was like, "Oh, you know this uh, this song by Blur," and I'm like, "Oh no, is it from the new record?" He's like, "Well, it's from the one that came out like a couple years ago." I didn't even know that one of my favorite bands even I, released I a record a couple. I know. Years ago. I think that happens with age, but 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 it's actually crept in generationally now because people just. Music doesn't have the value in culture that it did when we it were doesn't. younger. It just doesn't. It Eric doesn't. Johnson was the first person to just basically state that to me. And it's like, I'm okay with it. But the fact is, is that there's still people our age that are going like, okay, we love albums and we would love a new one, but we don't know where to get one. Right. You know, so right. I wanted to make, 
you know, and even Michael Whalen's been saying, like, you know, it's really about tracks. It's not about albums. He said, you've got an album, so we'll, we'll, we'll do it like that. It's like, yeah, but I want, I would love nothing more than for the handful of people that still are really audiophile and listening sure. to sit down uh-huh. and listen to Ghost Town and play it all the way through to the party because yeah. it's a journey. The record is meant to be That's played right. like that and listen to that. And I think there's enough, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, I can't remember her, uh, her last name, Wendy. She does. Uh, pub, uh, she's a publicist. Hello, Wendy. Hello, Wendy. She's my friend. She's great. And she said, you know, the thing I really like about your record is there's no filler on it. No. And I said, you really listened to it, didn't you? She, she really said, does. She yeah. said, I really like it. Every song is great. And I was like, thank you. It means a lot to me because I didn't want any filler. You know, I don't yeah. do that. I don't. I came from a school. We didn't do that. Like the Christopher Crosser. We didn't have any filler because we didn't. If, if it was filler, we didn't play it. Right. We tossed it, you know. So uh, so it's it's great. I've had some great feedback like that on it, you know. Yeah. But so when I was getting back to that was with Michael, you know, in, in I had sent it to him and said, well, what about Oregon? You know, because I didn't feel like after the fact that song was quite up to the level of the other ones once I had finished them. And I said, Rob had already always heard Oregon on it. What do you think about playing Oregon on it? Because he's a great organ player. And I love the way he plays Oregon because he doesn't play like, the organ player organ players like red young and and right and, right. and you know steve winwood and guys that are just b3 guys he plays like al cooper you know right you know he's just kind of a like a, a real parts player and he's got kind of a cool tone and he doesn't play this those those hammondy kind of licks the steve winwood stuff he right. doesn't do that uh i love those guys but on my stuff it was kind of cooler to have him do what he did he said organ definitely definitely i definitely hear it and you know, that was when he's really digging the, the the song and i said well when could you do that and he was it was around christmas time in 2021 and it's like crazy getting the logistics because he has family and he's all this stuff and he, he said i got my engineer i'm gonna cut the strings on this on monday i mean i'm gonna cut the organ on this on monday and i said well, man, I'll just drive over to Nashville and watch you do this. He said, you would do that? I said, yeah, man, I'd love to see you. I haven't seen you in 20 years. We've been doing this stuff back and forth over the yeah, internet yeah. for four years. I even I don't even know what you look like, you know? So I got in my car, and I drove to Nashville, and I'm there in the studio, and he's playing the organ, you know? And he, he comes in, he's listening back, and the guy's just like, I mean, he's just a, he's just a brainiac of production, you know? Just, you, just, you just like watching to see if you can pick up any kind of a tick to figure out how he makes stuff happen. Right, right. And he goes like, I'm not liking the. I'm not digging the organ, man. I said, "Well, why, man? That sounds really cool." He says, "I don't. I'm stepping all over your vocal. I don't want to do that. I like the vocal too much." I was like, "Well, all the same, I'd like to keep some. No, some of it's good. Some of it's good because he's got this. The way he did some of those licks, it it really makes it almost Memphis. He's got that kind of Hello Stranger vibe on the organ. It's like this real cool tone. It's like Al Green sort of right, right, way out. And he says, "You know what this really needs?" I went, "I'm all ears, Michael. What do you think?" He says, "This needs strings." I went. And I'd remembered that I wanted strings and that I got shot down in the band for a while. Right. Strings. I, I went, I always wanted strings. He says, he said, you want strings? I'll do it. I'll do it when I'm orchestrating the party. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it a couple of weeks after Christmas. I said, great. So, you know, he does it and he's loving it the whole time. He's like texting me back. Oh man, this is going to be so great. You're going to love this. And then he sent it to me. I'm like, I wow. didn't know it could go it was already, I loved it already. And yeah. then once I heard him, what he did with the strings, it's like, it came into a whole new, another realm for me. You know, What's he doing now? Like scoring film and television you know, he, or something? Or what really, the hell does know, he do? He, he was still pretty active 
when we got together or started working in 2016 and he's you know he's going to be 78 years old in in uh in november and uh you know i mean he's he's been really great because he's you know we have a lot of the same views about where the business is at and everything and he's pretty frustrated he says you know there's a no dearth of great singers and great players out there but the songs are just terrible and i just don't hear anything that comes across by this that i'd even be interested in working on you know he said and I, I was at lunch with him, you know, uh, like last year. And I said, so what are you doing, Michael? He said, nothing. I said, why? Well, he said, I don't want to. I don't hear anything. He said, he said he, I said, oh, man, that's really too bad, you know. He said, he said I'll do your stuff because it's good. I like your stuff, but I don't really hear anything. I'm really that interested. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, part of that is also, I mean, when you look, I mean, he sold 350 million records, hard copy. Stuff That's a that lot he, of records. Stuff that he's produced, co-written, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. or authored, or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, you go to his studio, and it's just like, it looks like Ahmed Erdogan. I mean, it's sure. just like rows and rows of platinum, multi-platinum stuff. So it's like, okay, well, what do you do now? I mean, you know, he doesn't, he's like, he's kind of done what he's going to do. Yeah. But <clears throat> he, he's not actively seeking things anymore but i mean if something cool comes around he'll definitely do it you know? and he was like la's studio cat uh in the post wrecking crew yeah actually era. You know, like funny, or at least what, the, the steely dan yeah group you know of it's people. funny because um he's from evanston illinois originally he's uh armenian descent and uh, you know it's funny we're getting back to the accordion thing you know i didn't know he played accordion at all until he told me that story and then you go online and you see a picture of him when he's nine years old with an accordion that's like the first instrument that he ever played yeah you know? so um but he moved to la uh in the early 70s and i was talking with hal blaine when i met him in like 91 or something and eric had met him in the air in the elevator and told him that i played with christopher cross and everything and, and i got a chance to go meet hal and i'm sitting with hal in his hotel and he says so yeah you play on christopher cross i said yeah he said it's good stuff man I said, hello you know yeah i'm talking to the the the, the patriarch of, of of pop drums here i you know probably stole more from hal blaine than anybody and he's going yeah michael and martin produced that record i said yeah he did he said yeah i gave him his first gig Oh, so he hired so him cool, to be in like a wrecking crew kind <laughs> yeah, of situation, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Michael was new in town. He gave him his first. <clears> so that's kind of where Michael, uh, according to Hal, at that point was how he got started. But yeah, I mean, he, I mean, we didn't even when we, he was with Christopher Cross, we didn't know who he was. You know, I mean, uh, that's the funny story. Is like Chris wasn't sure. Chris wanted all these other great name Warner Brothers producers, right, right. And and then he he was kind of dissing Michael and Martin. He went to lunch. They said, you know, Michael played on the Steely Dan records. He went like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so he went back and said, You play on Steely Dan? I said, Yeah. He said, Can you get Larry Carlton to play on my record? I said, Yeah, I, I, okay. He said, You got the job, yeah. you know, because he had played all the Steely stuff. But he, I mean, he played Ricky Don't Lose That Number. He played all of Katie Lied. That's him on piano on Ricky Don't Lose That yeah, Number? Yeah. I've played that with Fuck him that in guy. the studio. I mean, it's like, and when he that's does insane. it, it's like, Oh, dude, that's the dude. You know, he, he yeah. played that, you know, and I just, you know, I got to say, you know, when he sent me the track on Summit, I mean, this is pretty emotional when, when I got that back, because that's the first thing I heard him do. And he, he, he called me midway. He said, look, I want to play your tune, but I've got a splinter in my finger. <laughs> and he said, I can't play it as hard as I'd like to play it. Yeah. He plays really, really hard, man. I mean, he, he used to knock the dynamic. Knock, he used player. to knock the Steinway out of tune after four takes at Amigo, you know, yeah. it was an old piano. The pin block was loose, but he'd really pound the thing. And he said, I was like, man, if you played chopsticks, it'd be Michael O'Morgan. Yeah, yeah. I'd be happy. He's like, no, nope. I've got a vision of what I want to do here. And, you know, 
it, the song starts and I sing and I play the acoustic guitar. I'm waiting to see where he's going to enter because I don't know what he's done. You know, I just plan it back, you know. And when he came in, my knees buckled, you know. I mean, <laughs> I cried for 12 hours straight. Shit. You know, I mean, I would just listen to it and, and I would just like, I, I just bawling because it was so gorgeous what he'd done. And, I, and there was some cathartic moment about the whole sure. uh, rekindling of that friendship and, and, and the fact that he, with all of his accolades that he had done since Christopher Cross would humble me you know, and play on my tune and, and do it with such fervor and, and dedication. I mean, you listen to the piano track, you know the guy wants to do a freaking amazing job and it just like it blows up the speakers and i i just was like so blown away i didn't even know what to think you know? there's i'm drawing a blank why am i drawing a blank on his name i can see his face and he's my friend well, i guess i'm getting old but there's a guy a guy that lived it was around here for a while and i'd see him at dinner and stuff at people's houses and i just finished a record and had strings and stuff on it and i i played the the record for like at the you know dinner and he was like ah oh, you got strings on here who is it and i was like i was tosca like who did the arrangement and i told him he was like oh didn't you didn't ask me and i was like dude oh. i don't ask like you do like david burns shit and oh Rolling steve, Stone. Barber. Steve, steve barber steve barber steve barber did the strings on summit ah makes the hair on my arm stand yeah, up. Yeah. what a sweet dude and tosca did it we did that in roscoe's roscoe's kitchen okay yeah. well so his his thing was was like i you wouldn't have even had to pay me, right? Like, I, right, I like right, you, dude. Right, like, right. It would have been, that's nothing yeah, to me. Yeah, uh, Steve's so great. You know, I, I, the thing was, Michael was really, really busy, and I didn't know how to make strings happen at all. You know, and and and, and I I kind of hinted at Michael that I wanted strings on Summit, and you know, he he wasn't really going there. And I thought, well, I want strings. This song's got to have strings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know. The only string arranger I know is Steve. Yeah. And so I called Steve and said, yeah, yeah, send me the tune. And so he did a great, beautiful arrangement. And I was going like, okay, how do we get this cut? Should we use the, uh, the you know, the uh, the Bucharest, uh, what, no, what are they? What are the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, you know, the ones in, in, in. Yeah, in, Spencer's been using them. Yeah, yeah. For uh, years now. The, what, uh, that's not Bucharest. The Czech, the Czech yeah, Symphony right, Orchestra. Right, yeah, 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 right, yeah. yeah. What's and, the deal? Are they like five bucks an hour or something? Well, like pretty cheap, yeah, actually, really, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but they'll do, the, you know, they'll do a full 24 piece. Deal yeah, people yeah. on Zoom, basically. Oh, really? Yeah, you do it live. Oh, I guess you don't have to. Jesus, sometimes yeah. I forget about right? technology. So, 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 <laughs> so, she said, "Yeah, I think for this, it's a simpler arrangement. We'll just get the girls and we'll cut it. You know, a couple of passes and we'll have it." So he did the string arrangement on Summit. So it's really cool, and that was a nice thing. And then Will Gallison, this guy, the guy that played the chromatic harmonica solo on the end. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, man, yeah. you know, that was Steve Barber. I called Steve. I, I wanted chromatic. I'd always heard that on the song, and I, I called Steve and I said I couldn't find, I couldn't think of anybody around here, and and he said I said Steve, do you know anybody that plays? Because he's in New York, you know, he knows the Rolodex of New York. Right. Do you know anybody? So he's back up there now. Well, he's he floats back, back and forth. forth. He's got okay. a place there yeah, always. Yeah. And I said, do you know anybody that could play chromatic harmonica? He said, yeah, I'd have to think about that. Obviously, he goes like, Gallison, you have to get Gallison. I went, uh, what what is that? You know, you give me a, a, a term here, you know, and he said, go to this video. So he sends me to a video uh, that's a demonstration for Suzuki harmonicas. I'm going, yeah, I'm, uh, and I see in the sidebar, Will Gallison with Sting, Fields of Gold. I went, I want to hear that because, I mean, good. that's one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I think you, that's, you know, like Sting, hate him. 
That wins. That's a great song. Anybody can sing it. It's just killer. I love that. So it's this live performance with Nile Rodgers and, 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 you know, and Sting and uh, this great group at, at some Jesus. theater in New York. And, you know, Sting tells a little story. He starts playing the little, uh, you know, uh, nylon string guitar yeah, part. Okay. And Will Gallison plays one note. And I went, that's the guy I want. Yeah. I knew the first note he played. I said, this is the yeah. guy, you know. And so... I, Steve, how do I get this guy? I said, well, just email him. I'm like, can't get my head around this. So weird that you can do that now. Yeah, and so I email him. I said, hey, I'm this guy. Uh, I did a couple of things before in life. I've got a solo project of the song. I need chromatic harmonica. Would you play on my song? I said, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, he's played with Donald Fagan, Sting, all these yeah. guys. He's like a monster. Well, do, you, do you get that? Do you get like requests, like just random email requests? Like not very, just, no, not very. Really? Often. I don't really have a. I don't really have a setup, and I kind of made it known that I don't really have any way to do that. I mean, somebody's going to have to pay a studio for me to go in and do that. I can't right. do that in my bedroom. But, but, but I would play. You know, I probably. I'd like to get a setup where I could do that at home. You know, and maybe if I'm the next move I make, I'll have a a place where I can set drums yeah. up and be, be done like that. But yeah, but so Will came on and played and man, you know, the whole song came together. I'm just like going like, wow. I'm listening back to it going, this is incredible, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that, once I had, okay, I had the fall of 93, I had Everybody's Gonna Let You Down because that pushed me forward. Then I had Summit done. It's like, okay, I've got these other songs that I've tracked with Bradley. I got to get some drums on there to get this stuff going. So I booked a session with Hallman. I said, let's put you some... Did you do the... Were they done the Congress House before yep, it closed? Oh, yep, cool, yep. cool. And That's I good. I said, let's do the drums. So we cut like all, like four or five songs. I put drums on them. And then it's like... And the way this has come together, because this is really... The record's magic because, I mean, okay, I've got great people. But you got to realize that people are making parts up when they have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. You know? And, That's the and coolest. It's, and it's got to... Somehow, when you listen back, you think everybody was in the same room because yeah. everybody that's doing it has done sessions where everybody was in the same yeah. room, so they know what it's supposed to sound like. But you got a guy, okay, so in that kind of situation, it's like Mark, I mean, uh, uh, Roscoe Beck is the guy because he's he's going to come up with a bass part without knowing anything else. It's going to orchestrate so well that it's going to, it, it, it just magically happened. I had acoustic guitar. My me you know m- you know mediocre acoustic guitar playing that's better than that but I mean but it's like remedial it's not I'm not like I'm not I'm not Leo Kotke I'm just strumming you know I'm, I'm John Lennon you know yeah and I got my vocal and I got my drum track and I sent it to Roscoe I said I need bass and he goes okay and he plays the bass and he's like dude you're you made a symphony you know yeah, you, yeah. I mean you, it's like he made it where everybody else can go. I know exactly what to play. So then I sent it to Omardi, and he plays right with Roscoe. And it's like, man, it's just the way this chemistry worked from afar, everybody piecing it together, it sounds like we've been in a band together our whole lives. Yeah. You know? It's just remarkable, you know. I, so I, you know, I'm just really lucky. <laughs> well, it's a fucking great album. Everyone can get out and find it this Friday, <clears throat> sorry, September 22nd, Across the Stars. Are there singles that are out now? Um, there's a couple of so, tracks that I released. Uh, I released, um, you know, I, because I, I've been talking about this for so long, and I got to feel like my my little following that I have uh, you know, on social media is like, yeah, I'm the guy that's building the dragster in the garage, except his parents have got it locked up, and you've never heard, you've never seen it. It's like, are you really got a car? Are you just filling this full of crap? You know. So I, I put out Summit, you know, last year, so people could go. Oh, right. no, he's really is okay, and it sounds pretty good. And, and then, you know, 
I thought the record was going to come out, and then it didn't. It, you know, we still didn't have any real way to do that. So I put out Across the Stars, and I had a couple of really great videos that that Curtis Colbrenner helped me do. Yeah. And uh, and, and Bruce Hughes worked on uh, Summit with the with the lyric stuff underneath, and right. and uh, so those songs were out, and then I kind of pulled those videos ahead of this so we can get this kind of push and then I'll kind of trickle those out again later cool so and people are going to be hearing uh, everybody's gonna everybody's going to let you down, down on yeah. the show here yeah well dude I'm 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 really happy for you and Thank really you, and really proud Thank of you. you and I know it's a lot of work but I'm looking forward to the next one I know I know this is a weird time to say that <laughs> it's this one hasn't even come out yet but it's kind of hard because I go back and you know it's like I had to kind of go when when this is finally going to come out I had to go back and kind of get back into it because that it's been you know yeah. it's been in the oven over here I, I'm 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 waiting for the bread to rise over here I'm working on the ingredients here for the next one so uh I'm kind of really back into listening to this one and getting excited about the songs again I've got to go back and learn how to play them in case anybody wants me to actually do that yeah know? what's do you have any you know, I did my first solo show in April by myself. I opened for Lance at Saxon Pub by myself. It was terrifying. The first thing I said was, th- I'd like to thank everybody for coming to see me in my underwear at Safeway. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it may, not, it, may not, it may not feel like that to you, but trust me, from where I'm sitting, that's exactly what it feels like, you know. And it was okay, you know. It wasn't bad. It's just my, my, my thing is like, I, you know. Drums don't go out of tune bad enough for you to carry guitars. I've got a lot of different tunings. I've got capos and stuff, and I can't. I need to be really attuned to sing in tune, and it's like getting everything happening in real time in a short period of time is hard. I had to pick songs that I knew I could tune quickly, right? So right, I didn't get to do right. a lot of the songs I wanted to right. do. But I'm working on. It. I'm working on trying to get something together. Oh, you got to buy more guitars. You got to have that well, the, the yeah, Neil Young I, thing need, behind yeah, you. Yeah, then yeah. I need then I need a, a you know a Jeff Tweedy or somebody to tune them. You know, and and I like you know. Now well, we'll see. You know, let's see. You know. Supply and demand. You know, if somebody wants me to play, I'll try to figure out a way to do that. But Lance has been really great. He's doing this new, uh, you know, um, um, uh, thing for Connor's heart. You know? Yeah, I did. I went and sang at that thing here. Yeah. At so, so, but he's like basically he is. He loves my record. He's been so supportive for the whole time it's been coming out. I've trickled a few t- tunes out to him, and he was completely blown away by it. He's going, "Dude, this is great. I'm so glad you're doing this." Yeah, and me he's too. basically said. I want you on the Connors Hart shows. I couldn't do this last one because I was overseas, but he said, I want you front and center. You know, if we have to put a band behind you or if you want to do it solo on the front, I want you opening the shows. I don't care where we're doing it. I want you. So you can look forward to seeing me, you know, making my way that way at least, you know, when those. We well, should book some shows, man. You should book some shows that, like, you know, whatever, man. Yeah, you, you know, can do it. I, 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 you know, it took. It, I had to sit it. down and rehearse a bunch to do it, but I, I'm I'm okay with it. You know, it's scary. You know, I've been behind the kit. It's my totally whole scary, life, you know? but but what you know, you, you put it out there. I mean, shit, you're fucking great. So well, who cares? You. Yeah, you know, it's just it's like oh, that's another handicap, though, because I I hear the songs. I mean, they're, the production for those of you in the audience who haven't heard it yet, it's pretty lush. I mean, this is big time. It's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's like it's like uh, it's like moody blues. I mean, it's big. It's, it's like you know, there's strings, there's pianos, there's keyboards, there's percussion. It's it's of it's of the ilk of of of, of, a, of like a, a really great, amazingly produced like '70s singer songwriter exactly. like, record. You know, Elton, strings, Elton, like Elton John, someone with money. You know? <laughs> it's yeah. like someone with a, with a great record deal. Right, right. By the way, right, right. you know, you do doing this yourself. That's also like it's tough to get out there and pull together all this shit well it is you know, you know i mean i've done it you know you, you know i mean I, I like i said i was really lucky i had a lot of people who were very uh, uh 
you know, very helpful with their, you know, their time and, and, and what it cost me to do it. And, you know, I basically think I've got a $200,000 record oh, that I did, 100%. That, I, that I did, you know, on a shoestring. I mean, I've got some serious money invested in it, but it certainly in what it would have cost to do this in the seventies, you know? Sure. So, uh, you, but I wanted that. I wanted it to sound like that. Did Hallman mix it? That. He did. He's mix really, it. he's really, uh, you know, like he's really good at that stuff. It's the most condescending thing I well, could no, ever no. think of I mean, to say to know, my the mentor. But is, it's the great thing is that we worked on the whole thing, the whole process together. Yeah. So by the time it came to mixing it, it was already mixed. Yeah. You know, uh, he and I mixed it. He would do really strong, like the greatest mix, and then I would go and go. Okay. And Mark's really good because he'll listen to me. We have the best rapport because he'll humor me. Like if I go, Mark, okay. Let's think about the yeah, drums here. He's looking big picture, and I look at little pictures. Yeah, and yeah. the combination of that, we get this beautiful thing happening. So I would go like, okay, listen to what I said on the drums here. Come in. Listen, like, don't make sure that you hear all of the words in the sentence, you know. Make sure all the words in the sentence come out, right. you know, so that the right. audience hears the, what the meaning is. And he would go listen, and he'd do what I said, and he will go like, right, that's much better. So it's not we don't argue. Right. Mark and I never argue. It's always like, I get what you're coming from. He gets where I'm coming from, and it's so cool. And he did just a magnificent job of mixing this. Yeah. So did you and every everyone everyone involved did an amazing job from Bradley Cobb, Mark Holman, uh, Michael Omardian, the time superhero. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, it's great to hear you up front and center. I think my other guest is here. But okay. dude, awesome. everybody get out there and check out Across the Stars. It's out this Friday, September 22nd. You can find Tommy Taylor at Official Tommy Taylor on Facebook. And, and officialtaylor.com? Uh, uh, TommyTaylor.com. A uh, new okay. website coming within the next few days. All right. It's on all the platforms, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, wherever you want it. Yeah, and enjoy the song. Everybody's going to let you down. Dude, I love you. Great having you on. Thanks, Johnny. Great. Baby, might have an end for you. That's Tommy Taylor. His record, Across the Stars, drops this Friday, September 22nd. Get out there. Find it. Pre-order it. Pre-link it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Go stream it. <laughs> Do what you can. So proud of this record. So proud of Tommy and all of his work that went into making this record. And it's a beautiful record. Congratulations to everyone that worked on it. You guys all did a great job. All right. Um, hey, gang, don't forget when you're out there checking out TommyTaylor.com to find out how to get this great record across the stars. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you find podcasts. That's uh, They're everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Overcast. No longer Stitcher. We're on Google Podcasts, though. Yeah, we get everywhere, man. Podbean, do it, do it. Just get involved, do what you can. Uh, get this record across the stars available this Friday, September 22nd. This is the rest of this song. Everybody's going to let you down. Great song by my dear friend, Tommy Taylor. Have a great week, whatever it is you're doing. Stay safe out there, and let's get down. Everybody's going to let you Snuggle up real close, baby.
to break.